0: Following is a member of the Growler Media Podcast Network. Find out more at growlermedia.com.
1: Ming's not unbeatable. With all his men, he couldn't even kill Flash.
2: Gordon's alive.
0: Welcome to Flash, Gordon Minute, presenting your hosts from Minute of Darkness and the Cosmic Geppetto Podcast. Brad, and introducing your intrepid explorer of Planet Mongo,
1: Eric. We are at minute 90 of Flash Gordon. Good lord, 90. Eric, how are you doing? Brad, dive! Oh man, we've been waiting so long for this. We've been recording the show so long and just d- dive is so cool. Oh, it's, it's exciting stuff. It is exciting stuff. And uh, speaking of exciting stuff, we have two very exciting guests with us. Er Eric, who is joining us this week?
3: Well, we've had brothers on the show before, but they were on during separate weeks. And so this week, we actually have two brothers sharing the guest chair at the same time. Now, I don't know which one is the older one, so I'm going to just introduce them in alphabetical order. Brother Mm. number one, alphabetically is an Eisner Awarded Harvey Award winning comic book writer and artist. He is a co-host of the podcast The Godfather Minute, Alphabetical and The Ink Panthers, but most of all to us here at Flash Gordon Minute, he is one half of the duo at Star Wars Minute, which not only spawned an entire genre of podcasting, but on a personal level, he gave me my first ever appearance on any podcast. And brother number two, alphabetically, is the co-host of The Godfather Minute, the composer of the Cannoli Countdown, and not only that, Flash Gordon people, he is the self-described current Deputy Superintendent of Education of the Kingdom of Phrygia. Please welcome to Flash Gordon Minute, Alex and Andy Robinson.
0: Hello there. <laughs> Thank
2: you very much for having us on the show. Ah! <laughs> Wow, is that Freddie Mercury back from the grave? I, just like? you know, I'm working up to it. I I can't. I don't have the range he does, but I'm working up to it.
3: They they should have put you in the movie they're making about his life.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. They didn't need that Mr. Robot guy.
0: <laughs> Mr. Robot. Thanks for having us on, fellas.
1: Well, thank you very much for coming on.
0: Yeah,
2: and this is a it's a real honor to. I've been a huge fan for a very long time, and it is a real honor, especially these particular minutes. I know this is you probably in doing this and building up to these minutes. So, what an opportunity for us. Thank you.
3: Yeah, we you guys great week ahead of us. Uh, lots of great queen music, lots of great action sequences, some uh, iconic lines, uh, great week uh, fans and listeners. Or well, I guess if you're listening you are a fan.
0: Jury's still out.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I, I hope there's nobody
1: like hate listening to us. That That's would by be minute weird. 90. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because I imagine if you hate us, this is a slog. I mean, good lord.
0: Do you
2: think, do you think there are fans of The Flash who purposely Flash. listen to The Flash, who purposely listen to the podcast because they, they don't like Flash Gordon? They would just want to see how, how annoyed they are as the differences?
3: <laughs> well, I actually recently, I recently was wearing my Flash Gordon t-shirt, uh, and a woman said to me, Oh, The Flash! Like, no, it's it's Flash Gordon. And she said, oh, you went old school.
0: She should have said, the quarterback for the New York Jets? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's also just funny, the idea that, like, Flash Gordon is old school, and the Fla- the Flash is like a 50-year-old character. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think he's more than that, even. I mean, the original Flash, you know? Yeah, the original.
3: golden
0: age Flash. With yeah. the dish on his head.
1: God, that dish is so ridiculous. It's, it's, and then, uh... I on the new Flash TV, the CW show, where they actually, like, worked the, the hat into several episodes. is like, ah, oh, come on, man. That's, that helmet's tough. It's, especially if your whole thing is supposed to be running.
2: Do you think being the Flash and moving around that quickly ages him more quickly?
1: Hmm. Wouldn't he age slower? Don't, as you
3: approach the speed of light, doesn't time relative to you move faster, but you age slower?
0: Oh, boy. Mm. I've always wondered about the Flash like not only should his feet his feet have to run fast but also his brain must process things faster because you know if he's running towards the villain he has to be able to like like know where he is when he's next to the villain he has to be able to time things right and everything mm-hmm. like so his reaction time in general must be faster than everything
2: Wait, Alex you don't think that's just instinct
0: I don't just know well him? I think that's his a- I think just his reaction time has been sped up also not just his feet time
1: I think that that is actually something that they've addressed a couple times in the comics, especially more recently. Um, there was even, an, uh, not the Flash, but well, uh, the, the character Impulse, um, like once went to a library and he was tired of not like being the silly, sort of goofy character. And he ran, went to a library and just, in, in, in a matter of seconds, read everything in the library and became smarter. Oh, that's <laughs> dumb. That's, That's stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That sort of what I,
2: think is, what I think is great is that all those people I described who are fans of The Flash are now even more angry because we've <laughs> taken this over as a The Flash podcast. Yeah. And, and we're and getting and it all wrong.
3: Know, and barely know what we're talking about. about <laughs> Absolutely. <the Flash> <laughs> yeah.
2: And take that from me. I'm Deputy Superintendent of Department of Education of the Kingdom of Phrygia. <laughs>
1: Does Frigia have good schools? I gotta ask. Oh, Thank excellent, uh, okay.
2: excellent schools. The uh, the one the one part that's hard to mitigate is most of our funding goes toward heat. <laughs> oh yeah, like like the oil burners and keeping the classrooms warm enough for for learning to take place.
3: Well, here in New York City, we have a problem. A lot of the public schools don't even have air conditioning. So I think that the kids here in our public school system would be actually. Pleased with the change of going to school in Phrygia,
2: they should become a sister city with with Phrygia. Yeah, they can identify with them.
1: <laughs> that, that would be an excellent uh, you know, student exchange program. <laughs> Who's the kid in the parka? It's eighty degrees. He's like, oh, it's, it's a Phrygia kid. Don't <laughs> worry, they, they, they adjust. They adjust. <laughs> All right, but but we're not doing Flash Minute. We're doing Flash Gordon Minute. Oh, wait a minute.
0: Hold on, you guys. I need some more minutes to make some new notes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, uh, Eric, it's, it's, you you are our designated uh, recapper. What what happens in minute ninety? I'm still just uh, amazed. We, we've made it. Well, we we're continuing
3: the awesome baseline from uh, our last episode, and uh, our our war rocket Ajax is slowly emerging from the cloud and. I love the the way that they set up this shot, because when it first starts coming out of the cloud, it makes it seem like the spike on the front of the rocket is what's coming through. But then as the cloud starts to dissipate and War Rocket Ajax comes through more, it turns out actually that's just a spire on top of the rocket. And I just thought that was a cool little sleight of hand uh, that they used the clouds for. But I do have to say that for what is supposed to be the main rocket in Ming's Air Force, it moves really slow.
0: Well, that makes sense, because the Hawkmen also fly very slow in this, in the, in yep. this sequence. Yes, they do. <laughs> well, maybe War Rocket Ajax is moving slowly because
2: they're, they're sort of in probe mode. They're, they're trying to go, go in strategically and not just blast right through. They don't know what's on the other end of that cloud.
3: True, although they, th- they, they think it's just Flash. They don't know the Hawkmen are there, uh, yeah. and they think they're just catching Flash's dead body.
2: Mm, that's right, because they just blasted with the
0: with electricity, a lightning
3: yep. field, right? Yeah.
0: Right, and General Kala sent War Racket Ajax to bring back his body. Right. Mm-hmm. I think it it's only like, looks like it's moving slow because the Flash has his super brain power, <laughs> where everything seems like it's moving slower to him.
1: So this is just we're watching this through Flash Vision.
0: Yeah, Flash. Yeah, Flash Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We but
1: also I speaking of science
0: of- nerds, we
2: don't know how fast the cloud is moving. And mm. so they could both be moving very quickly.
3: Uh, all relative. Alex, um, in a, 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 a fun uh, tie-in here to uh, Star Wars Minute. In the previous minute, when they mentioned catching Flash's body, the captain of War Rocket, Rocket Ajax actually says, deploy the space nets to catch his body. Uh, which, of course, uh, an in-joke on your show, Space Jimmy Smiths, everything with the word space in front of it. So Flash Gordon using it too?
0: Oh, well, that's true. And right. it's weird because... And, I, and this is something I actually like about uh Flash, the Flash Gordon movie, is that I, it's never, it's not quite clear how Mungo like works. Is it? It's not like it's not like outer space. There's guys flying and there's clouds, and I guess there's clouds in outer space too. But like I just they they can breathe and everything. Like it was never quite clear whether they were these were planets they were going to, or I just kind of like that. It's you don't really know like how you. <laughs> like when the Hawkmen fall, where do they land? <laughs> I'm sure There does seem to be some type of gravity. I assume pulling them toward Mongo. So Mongo yeah, th- is like the planet, and these things are all like floating above it.
3: Yeah. This is this has come up. Uh, this is one of the major running threads in our show. Is because mm-hmm. they're called moons, they're called kingdoms, they're called planets. Yeah. But yeah, there's no quote unquote outer space. Um, it, 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 there's definitely the physics are, are not of our galaxy.
0: Mm-hmm. that's what i like about it. i totally stole i'm working on a uh new graphic novel which has a science fiction fantasy bend and i totally stole that idea of not quite explaining what the difference is and between all these things and and just kind of leaving it up in the air so leave literally leaving it up in the air so mm-hmm. glad i i stole that
1: that's the great it. stuff with genre stuff and science fiction you don't need to explain it too much um, hey, yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa!
0: That's that's my bread and butter, dude. Don't.
2: Uh, <laughs> the, uh...
0: I wondered if this was
2: a uh, if this was typical weather on Mongo. These red, dusty clouds, or is this maybe they're experiencing climate change and they're just decades deeper into it than we are, and that's what we're in store for?
1: I don't know. Oh. Torn from yesterday's headlines. Yeah, science fiction <laughs> becoming science fact. It's. Uh... <laughs>
2: But, you know, there are there are political parties on Mongo that don't believe in Mungin <laughs> climate change neither. So they've got their similar problems. Why
0: is well, it interesting- still snowing on Phrygia then? <laughs>
3: yeah. well, interestingly enough, I think the two most common colors we see of the skies in this movie are red and blue. So there you go. Hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Hey, speaking of red and blue, can I t- tell a, a short anecdote? Please. I have a friend who is from the United States. And it was about 15 or maybe even 20 years ago, I brought up Flash Gordon. He said he had never seen it. And I was shocked. So we rented it that day, watched it. And the very next morning, he told me that he had dreamt that night all in those crazy red colors. (laughs) (laughs) He couldn't remember what the dream was about, but he said it was just bizarre. It was all bright red, glowing craziness. Nice. Yeah
1: it is a movie that will stay with you it and it is a movie that you just don't see anymore you don't see stuff in that uh in that brighter colors and you know that vibrant and i i could see especially being an adult seeing it for the first time and uh that that it could stick with you really quick so um we've had a here's it we've it's been a while eric but we've had plenty of people who have uh, Their first time seeing the movie is for this podcast, uh, which has been fun. It's been neat, um, watching people, you know, talking to people who are experienced for the first time. And we actually have at least one listener who has yet to watch the movie. Yeah,
3: (laughs) we have a listener who told us he's never seen the movie before and he's decided to do a new experiment with the movies by minute genre. He's watching this movie one minute at a time along with us.
0: Does he watch the minute and then listen to the show or vice versa?
3: You know, he has not clarified that. I I kind of hope he's watching the minute first so he knows what we're talking about, but mm. it's such a wacky experiment. Who knows?
0: That's I kind of like him, him picturing it, imagining it in his head, and seeing if it matches up to what he uh, what he had in mind. Mm, that's true. I also like the idea of doing a movie-by-minute podcast about a movie that doesn't exist, like just making up a movie <laughs> and describing <laughs> what's going on. and uh, <laughs>
1: We just did a guest spot on um, the the new movie by Minute about, uh, was it Dave Made a Maze? Yeah.
0: Dave Made a Maze? I haven't even heard of that.
1: Uh, neither have I, yet I was on the show. <laughs> <laughs> we had three minutes that were not consecutive. Oh, boy. It was like 33, 54, and, 70, or, and 83. We, we decided just to watch our minutes, so it's like... It was. Uh, I, I think it could turn out interesting, or it might be a complete disaster. But it was a lot of. It's like I don't know what the hell's going on here. But one guy was who was in the first minute we watched it. It looks like he's dead now. It's like yeah, I, I, it's a shame. So.
0: well. Now I don't. Thanks for spoiling it. Now I don't to watch <laughs> yeah. the movie.
1: Well, we didn't say which guy.
0: He died of starvation in his maze. <laughs>
1: <laughs> a lot of cool stuff happening here. Uh, the Hawkman, like he's, as has been called out. Not moving real fast, uh, but I, I do like... There must have been a, a bird expert on set.
0: <laughs> yeah, there must have been, right?
1: Because <laughs> I love they're, they're doing their V formations and uh, they're they're attacking. I was like, oh, that's that's nice. It's, it's They didn't have to do that. Um, boy, that would have been a fun job. It's like, you know, you're there, you're a bird scientist, which I'm sure there's a, a correct term for that is completely uh, escaping me right now. Orna- ornithologist? You know, just an orthologist. They're sitting in your office. A lot of pictures of owls all over, and he gets the call. is like, we we finally have a job for you. Ken. you? You're, you're coming to England. We're we're uh, you're our Flash Gordon guys. Like that doesn't make any sense. It's like trust me. But uh, I, and then the music is so damn awesome in this. Oh, yeah, yeah, we
3: segue from uh the end of the song that started uh, last week to the rescue and we go directly into this new song this is called voltan's theme parentheses attack of the hawkman this is a freddie mercury written song and yeah this song kicks in the hawkman dive toward war rocket ajax i'm I'm having a lot of trouble saying war rocket ajax today uh and it just uh kicks off uh, a great extended action sequence
2: yeah the music absolutely makes this scene when the music kicks in those it really adds to the scene. They're rocking. I I do appreciate how there are these killer guitar riffs, but still periodically they, they superimpose the Hawkman theme on top of that. So you've got this sort of violent, assertive guitar riff rock music, but then you've got that, that call back to the Hawkman.
1: Awesome. It, it fits together so well. Um, and it's, just something so specific to Flash Gordon, because Flash Gordon, this film makes that work. It can make the sort of like the the trumpets and the the, the bugle sound almost. Uh, it meshes it together with the you know the, the the rock guitar, and it all comes together so well. And it adds so much action to the scene because really in this minute you, you feel like oh this is such a great action. There really isn't that much action happening yet. It's still a lot of. A spaceship flying slowly out of a cloud, and a bunch of bird people waiting for it. But because that music is happening, it's because they're building up the tension, and it's because it's something you've been waiting for the entire movie, it feels like a lot more is happening than is actually happening.
0: That's probably. I think that's true. Yeah, I'm very. Before, I uh. Sorry, go ahead. Before that, the fight
2: actually takes place, and the first wave of Hawkmen go down. I always imagine. I always imagined Flash saying, oh, now look who's flying blind on a rocket cycle because <laughs> <laughs> they're coming through the cloud and they don't know right. what's in front of them. <laughs>
0: it's
2: ridiculous.
0: So the uh, I'm very critical of modern movie music. Like, I, I don't like any of the Marvel scores or the Star Wars scores. They all sound so bland and like, like. John Williams uh, like puked and then ate it again and then puked and ate it again and they're like <laughs> okay here's the music like it just sounds so generic but like I I actually listened to the Flash Gordon soundtrack for the first time ever I'd never listened to the actual Queen album of the, that was the soundtrack and I put it on and I was blown away at how every musical cue in it I could see, I could see what was going on in the head in my head just by hearing what the music was so it's it's fantastic i wish more music i wish well, i was gonna say i wish more movies did like had one band do the score but i think queen is also uniquely suited to it because they're so like theatrical and bombastic and, and so on you know i don't know if uh you know uh, i don't want to know if i want to hear more uh maroon five doing the new the new, the new flash cord no offense maroon five i don't know if they haven't even listened to the show or anything but it's just not the same type of stuff.
2: can you th- can you think of any other bands that could pull it off because of their unique sound,
0: uh, there's a band called Muse who sound a lot like Queen. They have that same kind of bombasticness. I think they, I think they could probably pull it off.
3: Uh, I've mentioned before one of my favorite bands is Faith
1: No More. I think they could do it.
0: Mm. I don't know them well enough. I only know that one song, Epic. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, it, it, and you know Trent Reznor has made a nice little career for himself doing soundtrack work, but it's definitely. But it, it doesn't sound like Nine Inch Nails, as this sounds like Queen. It's not easy. To, we've talked about it before. Queen does such a great job. Not only did they do a great soundtrack for this, but then they also did the, a fantastic soundtrack for Highlander and very different movies. And Queen's able to make it work. So they have the, the- theatricality and the versatility, which uh, most bands do not have.
2: The one that they, a lot of people don't know they did was Look Who's Talking Three. <laughs> That that's it. Wait, Queen did that one? Queen did that score. People uh, don't it's a deep cut uh, trivia.
0: <laughs> that scene where the baby's talking, it's all bam, <laughs> all like rocking out.
1: Everyone's just having a tough time believing there was a look who's talking three. <laughs> did they make a third one or not was even? Was there a sure. well, was there a look who's talking three? I don't even know. <laughs> yes, yes, there was. But it, by that it was like look who's talking now and it was their dogs talking oh, yeah. this time. Uh, voiced by yeah. Diane Keaton and Danny DeVito. So yeah, technically, but... there
0: was no "Look Who's Talking" three. It was called "Look Who's Talking
1: Now." So,
2: well, when they did the third one, they they definitely jumped the boar worms on
1: that one. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was that was yeah, that that was one of those weird things where it was the first movie had no business doing as well as it did, <laughs> and then Travolta had nothing better to do, so I was like, yeah, we'll we'll keep doing this. It's like, no, no, no. You got real lucky the first time. This is comedy sequels often are terrible anyway. So yeah, let's 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 do this a third time. Tell Christy Alley, hey, <laughs>
0: she's got Cheers to fall back on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm a big fan of the Hawkmen in general. I uh, their design is at once like masculine and very goofy looking. So mm-hmm. I think that's what I that's what I kind of like. Well, Brian Blessed, of course. Should we talk about Brian Blessed here, or save it for one of the other moments? He's he's in every minute this week, so.
3: Yeah, you could talk about him in all three minutes this week.
0: All right, I love Brian Blessed. That's all I'll say.
1: <laughs> I could listen to him yelling "dive" on a loop for
3: hours. <laughs> well, let's let's get into the dive. This is this is Break one of the down. most like. I mean, this is one of the iconic <laughs> lines, uh, and it not it's it's one word. It's him just screaming mm-hmm. "dive" several times, and. and in just thinking about preparing for the minutes for this week, it's not. I'm wondering why is it such an iconic line?
2: It's a great question. You know? it's,
3: I, I, it's... Like, I can't really put my finger on what, like, you know, he's just screaming out the word dive, and it's one of the most famous lines for the movie, and I was like, <laughs>
1: why is it one of the most famous lines for the movie? I just think by the time you get to the, that point in the movie, we're all so enamored with Voltan. We're so, we love Brian Blessed so much, And it's also such a turning point where Voltan has been a fun character who's sort of not really letting loose and not, you know, he he always looks like he wants to fight, but he hasn't actually lifted a, he actually hasn't fought, and now this is the point where not only is it the beginning of the big battle, but it's Voltan, who we've been waiting for him to really prove himself to be the butt kicker, like... Going all in on this battle. So it's a cool moment in the movie. And it just, bless it, has such a great voice. It just sounds cool. But you're right. It is ridiculous where, how many people get, like, a one-word iconic line? Because it's it's not clever. It's not like, you can't say it's well-written. It's just... It's all in the delivery. It's all in delivery. It's all Brian Blessed.
0: I think it also skirts that line where you're not quite sure whether he's saying dive or die.
3: Yes, as a kid, I thought it was die. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: and they kind of do that at first. <laughs> the first wave does not seem to be super successful.
3: <laughs> well, speaking of that first wave, he, he, he refers to them as Squadron 40, and that's another thing as a kid. I had no idea what he was saying. I, 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 I couldn't even guess... What words it was it wasn't even like one of those things where you mishear a line in a movie and you think it's something else i literally couldn't even hazard a guess of what he was saying i just it wasn't clear to me that it was squadron 40 and frankly i didn't figure that out till like a couple of years ago
0: i did not know he was saying that until you literally just said it
3: <laughs> forty-five seconds ago.
0: yeah I, I didn't either and it when i watched this and he's
2: he's having wave after wave of squadrons attack the ship i I wondered what is the Hawkman military how is it designed? How is it structured? Is it like the American one? Is that first wave really like the Marines? They just go in and they're they're badass. They know what they're getting getting into. That's what they signed up for and they know that half of them are going to die. But I guess they are in squadrons, apparently. And then you said that squadron forty two?
3: Squadron forty.
2: Squadron forty. So maybe that's like the American airborne, like one oh one airborne. The maybe toughest group
0: no they don't send in the toughest guys first they send in really they need they send in the the losers like soften them up
2: (laughs) cannon fodder
1: goes in yeah you need (laughs) oh so
2: you think they're you think they're like indentured servants they they don't even want to be in there in the military yeah, I mean, he's the king. What are you gonna do?
1: This squadron forty, they knew what they were getting in for. They they have left their watches with uh, Christopher Walken to give to a young Bruce Willis. It's like we're oh, we're we're not making it through.
0: Uh, did you guys? I'm sure, you guys have told that story or about Brian Blessed delivering the baby?
3: Did we get to that one? I'm trying to think. I know we talked about him climbing a mountain. Uh, oh
0: my we, gosh! I don't think
3: I, this one sounds new to us.
0: He, uh, I don't know the exact details of it, and it's gonna sound like I'm totally making it up. And because there's no way this can be true, but it is true. He says that he was once, uh, like walking down the road or something. And he saw a woman on the side of the road, uh, give like a pregnant woman giving birth. He went over there, assisted her in giving the birth and then bit the umbilical cord off with his teeth. <laughs>
2: uh-huh.
0: And you know, Brian, bless it. You could see those teeth. You know that those teeth are totally capable of biting through an umbilical cord in one uh, in one shot. <laughs> uh-huh.
1: The the amazing thing is the woman wasn't pregnant until she looked directly at Brian Blessed.
0: <laughs> she became pregnant and then got immediately to nine months along.
1: He is that virile, ladies. Do not. It's it's like looking at the sun. Do not look directly at Brian Blessed.
2: And of course, when he went to go bite the cord,
0: he went, "Die,
1: <laughs> baby." <laughs>
0: I love imitating Brian Blessed.
1: Actually, hard not to do. I've, uh, I've, I've had to restrain myself. <laughs> I, I'm going to, you know what, Brad, because it was so
3: long ago, we would have first talked about this when he first showed up on screen at like minute 25 or something. Let, let's remind everyone, uh, since Alex told that story, of the other Brian Blessed facts we had given out. He has attempted to climb Mount Everest three times without supplemental oxygen, although he's never actually reached the top. He is the oldest man ever to go to the North Magnetic Pole on foot. He has hmm. completed 800 hours of space training in Russia. Uh, and this is my favorite one. In 2015, he collapsed on stage while performing King Lear, got medical attention from a doctor in the audience, and returned to the stage to complete the play 20 minutes later.
2: Wow. I like how when he goes to the North Pole, they they make a point to say on foot because they didn't <laughs> want people to assume that he flew there with his
1: hawk <laughs> <off> wings. <laughs> <laughs> And ladies and gentlemen, again, do not look directly at him. Even gentlemen. Even gentlemen.
0: (laughs) Especially gentlemen. I
2: also heard that when he went back on stage after getting medical attention, he said, I want to thank you all for giving an old bird a second chance. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to recall all my favorite flash lines. They're pretty much all
3: Brian Blessed. There's
0: a bunch of flash lines that stand out to me. Did you say there are not a lot? There are a lot of flash lines. Oh, there are tons. There's yeah. so many.
3: The best one, of course, is quarterback New York Jets.
0: Mm-hmm. That's a good one.
3: <laughs> you're diving into Phrygia.
0: <laughs> that was that Flash's line? <laughs> no, that was uh, his girlfriend's. I think, but you're
3: diving
0: into Phrygia. a <laughs> <laughs> like transforming.
3: Well when I you know, uh, speaking of an aura line, I, I watched the movie with my kids a month or two ago, and for some reason, I do not know why, but when Aura tells Flesh because I like you my kids started cracked up and started repeating that line for like weeks and weeks afterwards because i like you it's
0: a good line
1: yeah sure. i guess so it is to little kids apparently it's probably because your kids have already heard someone say that because it's, it's such a little kid thing to say you know do you like me do you like like you know so to to, to see a grown-up woman saying that it probably sounded really funny to them it's like oh, that's what timmy said to tammy
3: I want to mention another thing that t- that to me stands out about War, Rocket, Ajax's uh, slow movements. I feel like they kind of take their sweet time in getting ready to fire on the Hawkmen. They're, the Hawkmen are practically on top of the ship by the time the guy orders them to fire. But I, I do, I, I want to give him an out though. I want to uh, uh, give him an excuse for taking so, so long because it might not necessarily be effective it's like, you know, using a bazooka on a, on a, trying to kill a few flies flying around. Uh, so I, I'm kind of contradicting myself that it took too long and then giving me an excuse. But it just it made me think of an old cracked magazine I had as a kid where uh, Sylvester P. Smythe gets a shotgun out to shoot at flies and, and ends up just blowing a hole in his ceiling and then gets covered in flies.
0: Sylvester P. Smythe. Yeah. So actually, it's funny because this kind of uh, it uh, it kind of reminds me of the Death Star battle in Star Wars. Because when the X-wings first show up and they're attacking. One of the uh, you know the imperial guys says like oh they're so small they're vo- they're avoiding our turbo lasers and then Darth Vader says okay we'll have to send the Tie fighters out to do it so it's a similar kind of thing where they're they're they I guess their weaponry isn't fast enough or precise enough to go for like you said little small targets like that so yeah well, one of many things Star Wars stole from Flash Gordon
1: <laughs> <laughs> you can just tell there sometimes you just watch a uh... Empire is like, wow, this is just Flash Gordon with a new coat of paint.
0: Uh, I think also everyone is probably really groggy flying around that in that like smog, that cloud. So I think everyone's reaction time is a little bit slower than it normally normally would be.
1: I got to be lightheaded. That air has to be thin. Uh, it'd be great if you saw the Hawkman all sort of like just trying to pop their ears. It's like, oh, come on! I just uh, I'm really out of sorts here. This is, air is so thin. Shouldn't we be wearing masks? The oxygen masks?
2: Wait, I, I have a, a counter theory about, the, about why War Rocket Ajax was slow to start blasting away. I believe General Kala's orders were to bring back his body. And now that they see he's out there, I, I don't think they could just blast him away. I think they need to, to bring back his body. And maybe a, a, a laser of that size would, could, would prevent him from doing that, would just blow him away. So they need to strategically like a scalpel remove him from there and bring him back. Now, I guess to prove to the general that he's dead? Because you know what happened? If they hit him with that
0: laser, then he'd...
1: Yeah! Because
2: <laughs> <laughs> their original plan was just to, what was it, electrify the, the cloud, which would yeah. preserve his body, and then he could go back, bring the body to, to the general and get a promotion. I don't
1: know if you want to be promoted in this army. It feels like the more promoted you are, there just seems to be a better chance of you getting... Like... <laughs> Yeah, but you get to wear that cool.
2: You get to wear that cool flamethrower ring. <laughs> uh,
1: that is cool. That is cool.
2: I did wonder about the rank of the the. Is it a captain who's piloting the war rocket Ajax? Did you all already talk about that? Yes, it looks a lot uh, like Grand Moff Tarkin, but I know he's not that. He doesn't have that much authority.
3: Yeah, his actual. Uh, and this is how he's credited. Actually, in the credits, is simply Captain of Ming's Air Force.
2: Oh. He's captain of the whole Air Force.
3: Yes, that is his title.
1: Yeah, you know, they, they, they're sending the big guns out. They they really were, as far as they were concerned, really overcompensating. It's like one guy on a space cycle and is like, send a captain of the Air Force. It's like, eh, there's probably a lieutenant that could have handled this one. But and he ended up being overwhelmed, so.
0: Learn your lesson. Yeah. It's a metaphor for the U.S.'s involvement in Vietnam, where this big <laughs> lumbering beast <laughs> trying to
1: get these little guys and we just can't do it a lot of geopolitical stuff going on in this movie that we never thought about subtle
0: a lot of of things about this movie are very subtle
1: very subtle movie uh i want to close
3: uh today's episode out uh by tying in a question that would relate to one of alex's other podcasts alphabetical uh, let's say there's an alternate timeline, guys, where the Beatles are still together when this movie's made, and oh, they man. do the soundtrack instead of Queen. What is what is the soundtrack like if the Beatles are doing this instead of Queen?
0: Oh, boy, that's a great question. I mean, that's uh, great. Uh, yeah, Andy here is also a Beatles fan, so, so uh, we can... Uh, I'm going to guess uh, it would be kind of like... Uh, well, assuming it would be instrumental, I'm going to say it would be like... Uh, like uh, I don't know, was like Abbey Road, but without the singing in it. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I, you know
2: I was going to go Abbey Road, too, and the first song that popped into my head was Something in the way, they die.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. You could use Her yeah. Majesty. You could use... Uh... It's tough because the Beatles have had such... And I think a lot of people, when they think of the Beatles, are just thinking of uh, the the or early stuff, but they really did a lot of very different music. And I'm just, my first thought is like, George Harrison would try to work sitar music into this, wouldn't he? Oh, certainly. Any scene with the harem would be, uh, or with, with Ming's concubines, there would be sitar music there.
0: It definitely would be cool if they did like different, you know, motifs, but like the sitar, you know, would either be, you know, like one setting or, you know, all the, uh, like Ringo would sing all the, uh, the, the, the songs that take place in Baron's planet, you know, something <laughs> like that. Different, you know, different. Each planet would have its own like kind of uh,
1: singer and stuff. Did any of the Beatles do any soundtrack work? I mean, uh, I know McCartney did the song for *Live and Let Die*, and mm-hmm. he also he had a movie. What was it?
0: Give my regards to Broad Street.
1: Right, right. I'm trying to think if there was any other soundtrack work by Beatles. Uh, well, George has a song on the
3: Time Bandit soundtrack. Uh,
0: yeah, Paul uh, contributed and George both contributed like like one-off songs, like theme songs and stuff like that. In the 60s, they, uh, Paul did the soundtrack for a movie called The Family Way, uh, which was kind of like uh, a picture like Eleanor Rigby, but without the singing. That's kind of like what the music sounded like. And uh, George Harrison did one for a movie called Wonderwall that was all like instrumental, mostly Indian type music. I've never seen either of them.
1: Okay.
2: Yeah, very good. I think all four of them did a soundtrack for uh, The Hard Day's Night. Is that right? <laughs> no, I think that may have been them. Oh, and you know what Paul McCartney did? Live and let Yeah."
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Paul McCartney did uh, Spies Like Us. Oh, oh yeah. Spies yeah. <laughs> Like
0: Us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Spies Like Us. That was a uh, good one. Good theme song.
1: They could have done something. They, it, 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 it sort of seems funny that Paul McCartney hasn't had that chance, to, ha- hasn't been asked to, or hasn't taken the opportunity to do more soundtrack work, because uh, well, I know Paul McCartney's also done some uh, orchestra work.
0: Yeah, that's true.
3: Well, wasn't the story behind Live and Let Die that they asked him, the, the producers asked him, they told him they wanted him to write the theme song, but they didn't want him to record it for some reason, and he said... Uh, I'm Paul McCartney. Either I write and record it or, or I'm not doing it. And I said, oh, okay, you guys can record it. Am I getting that right?
0: Uh, it's possible because I think up until that point, all the Bond themes had been sung by women. Okay. Like usually Shirley Bassey or someone like that. So uh, so he, he might he might be the first male singer to do a James Bond movie. I'm not 100% sure. But...
1: I'm trying to think what other... Uh, I know Duran Duran did one. Since, yeah, I think, didn't you two do one? And... Well, you two wrote it, but Tina Turner sang it. Oh, okay. And then Jack White did one.
0: Okay. So he, so he was kind of a pioneer, Paul McCartney. He kind of broke that glass ceiling for men.
3: Okay, here we go. You, you, uh, you pretty much got it, Alex. It, uh, it says uh, the producer wanted Shirley Bassey or Thelma Houston to perform it instead of Wings. McCartney said he'll only allow the song to be used if Wings is performing the song in the opening credits. And the producer who had previously rejected the chance to produce a Hard Day's Night uh realized he'd made a mistake earlier in his career, so he said, Okay, go ahead, Paul, record it.
0: All right. I guess you can
1: record <laughs> it. Paul McCartney at the peak
0: of your commercial powers. Yeah. Just just don't
2: put so much of that yeah, yeah, yeah stuff in it.
1: <laughs> uh, all right guys, well uh, anything else that you want to share about this minute?
0: No, yeah, we got we got a lot more stuff to look forward to, so oh yeah
1: god this is so such great and uh gentlemen it's so great to have you with us um can you can you share where people can find uh more about your your various other projects
0: uh sure uh i am the co-host of star wars minute which you can find at star wars com, and uh you can get all my stuff at my general website comicbookalex.com which has stuff to my comics and to my podcasts why don't you tell them about godfather andy so sure, Alex
2: and I are co-hosts for the for the uh, Godfather Minute. We talk about uh, uh, the crime families. We talk about Paul. We talk about my my daughter Connie. So go to godfatherminute.com. dot com.
1: Godfather films uh, he, the first two two of the greatest movies ever made. Uh, that's, that takes a lot of chutzpah to just tackles.
2: Well, what do you mean? This is this is my life. I'm talking about. This is really happening to me. Everything we talk about. Whoa, 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 about. whoa! I'm, I'm Wait a, done, a minute. Are you telling done me done that takes a long. lot of
0: chutzpah? To- to to
2: talk about the godfather that's what i'm saying and alex don't forget that uh, you and i made a movie uh, robotkiller.com you can go there and check it out and there is a free trailer that our listeners can watch free trailer robotkiller.com
1: folks you cannot beat that price all right very cool we recommend everyone check that out uh eric where can people find out more about flash gordon Join us on our fan page
3: on Facebook, the Flash Gordon Minute Listeners Vortex. Uh, we are on Twitter, which is Flash Gordon Pod, and our email address is Flash Minute at gmail.com.
1: Yeah, we kindly ask you for your ratings and reviews on iTunes. The more ratings and reviews you get, uh, the more visibility we get, and the more people that can find us and uh, join the fun. Uh, yeah, now, uh, Brad,
3: you know, you concern me sometimes because uh, all show long, you're, you're, there's always things worrying you. Unfortunately, I don't have time for your your problems this week because something's bothering me today. I, i'm I'm very worried about something today.
1: well, it's it's definitely it's definitely my turn to listen to you and offer my assistance as you have helped me.
3: Well, I, I, I gotta say I, I read recently that children are growing faster in the springtime compared to other seasons these days. And now my kids are nine and six. And I swear we have to buy them new clothes and new shoes every other week at this point. They're growing so fast. But as we're recording this week's episodes, it's it's the fall. So I'm very worried that considering their growth rate now, by the spring, they're just going to grow us right out of our home. And I don't know what to do.
1: You know, it's, it's tough, Eric. Uh, kids grow. But you know that there's uh, solutions out there I would recommend. Uh, you know, watching uh, the old Bill Bixby Hulk TV show because uh, he would turn into Lou Ferrigno, his uh, clothes would explode, but then somehow he would always find uh, other clothes to wear that perfectly fit. Uh, Sometimes he would steal it from someone's uh, clothing lines or he would just steal stuff from, you know, he would find solutions, and I think you should watch that with the kids. But if that doesn't work, don't worry, because Flash will save every one of us.
2: Attention listeners, you can follow us on Twitter at FlashGordonPod and join the conversation on Facebook in the Flash Gordon Minute Listeners
1: Vortex. Stay tuned for our next thrilling episode of Flash Gordon Minute. Big thanks to today's guest DJ, K.J. Valencic.